about God, girl. This is D. Win from the D. Win Legacy Podcast. The owner of D Souls Productions LLC, entrepreneur, producer, and soon to be at your service. And when I want to calm my mind, body, and spirit, I come over and listen to the soothing voice of Tanika Drake on God's gift through his word. It's your girl Eternal, and we're right here with Tanika on Anchor. Be encouraged. Sometimes you down, sometimes you up, but all you need is God to fill your cup. What's going on? What's going on? This is Ann Capone, and I don't go a day without listening to God's gift through his word with Tanika Drake. Keep listening. Hello, this is Tanika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. If you find yourself in an abusive or toxic relationship, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, the numerics to that, 7233. It is never okay to be hurt. So call them today and let them assist you in your local area. God bless. The Bible does not condone any form of abuse, tyranny, treachery, or trepidation towards anyone at any time. The Bible is not to be used to control or manipulate others. 
a lot of times what I see is that non-believing husbands use the Bible to control their believing wives, which one, they have no right to do that because they're not part of the body of Christ. And two, they only tend to take the scriptures that tell the wife to obey. But forget the scripture where it says, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church, which now we need to find out how did Christ love the church? Well, he loved the church enough to die for it. So emphatically, the Bible does not condone abuse of any kind, anywhere, at any time. Good morning, good morning everyone. How are you doing? It is October and so I am happy to talk to you guys. Happy Monday to you. I hope you're going to have a blessed day today and we're going to be dealing with, of course, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, okay? And for some of you that have been following uh, myself and Pastor Jay, you also know that we are doing for the month of October, we're doing witchcraft in the church. So please do check that out. And it is on Mondays, it'll still be at 4 a.m. for our mar Monday morning combo. And then also on Fridays at 10 p.m. my time, which is PST, and then midnight CST and 1 a.m. EST for a witchcraft in the church. So please check us out for those that are coming up for the, all of the month of October. We'll be dealing with the witchcraft in the church. So please check it out. We will be having a lot of really great discussions talking about all the different types and ways of what's out there and that we may not even know that it's there. So uh, today we will be dealing with, of course, domestic violence, uh, which I am a thriver and overcomer. I don't always want to always say survivor, but sometimes that, <clears throat> excuse me, that word is uh, what they give people because you have survived it. So it's not always to say survivor, but anybody who is an overcomer and thriver of it, doing different things, utilizing their story to share, to help others, I believe is a thriver and an overcomer. And we overcome with the Lord, right? So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to be sharing a little bit from my from my book. I'll be sharing a couple uh, sentences or such and then I'll probably be sharing different scriptures and maybe just one today as we go into the rest of the week for domestic violence. So let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get right into this message. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for uh, this day to share and Lord, I just want to thank you for removing me out of that very toxic, violent, volatile, and so dangerous, Lord, situation. Lord, I will never forget, and I just thank you, Lord, that you gave me the ability to write it down and share a little portion of my story by words to help others. Lord, I pray that the book, The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame, turned into my shine. Lord, that it would help somebody else, and Lord, that it would still always point to you, Lord, there's nothing in this book that says anything that's all about me. Lord God, it points to you. It points that, Lord, you are the only way and help that I could get out so people can get out of domestic violence situations. Lord, it is a myth that they can't. They're not trapped. So, Lord, I pray that anybody who's listening on today, that they understand that they're not trapped. And, Lord, you can bring anybody out of anything. And, Lord, I am so thankful and grateful because, Lord, I would not be alive today 
had I still been in that situation with that uh, ex-husband, Lord God, that I married, that I said, selected, Lord. So I thank you that my kids and myself are well. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that I would be able to share this all across the globe, Lord God, in big stages everywhere, letting people know, Lord, that Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Heavenly Father but through Him. And at the same time, Lord, that you don't condone any kind of abuse towards anyone, especially within marriage, Lord God. It's not acceptable and you don't tolerate it. So Lord, I thank you for who you are, Lord God, and you are the same and your characteristics, Lord, never change. So thank you and Lord, help me to share throughout the rest of this entire month, this book, Lord God, who you are, first of all, because that's most priority. And Lord, to help those that may not know if they're truly in a domestically violent situation like Lord, for I didn't know for so many years. Thank you for everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. So first of all, before I get into my book and my story, because I will be sharing my story throughout this entire month, of course, and I want to start out with a statistic that I got from the Domestic Violence Hotline. And before I get started with that, I want to let people know that I'm going to put a trigger warning on every single one of these because it can trigger some people. So I want to make sure you take care of yourself first before you come and listen. And I I do concern myself about you. So if you're still going through this and it might be triggering, I would advise you not to listen until you've overcome that or until you're in a place where you have a time to just relax and not let these things trouble you. So I won't be going into too much detail on this one, but some of the other ones I will. So so for all of them, I'm just going to put a trigger warning because you never know. I never know what I might share. So I just want to be mindful of those who will come and listen. So I'm going to share some stats and this is coming from the domestic violence hotline. And uh, you guys can always call 1-800-799-SAFE. That's S-A-F-E and the numerics of that 7233. Uh, The domestic violence hotline helps you in your local area. And I know firsthand because I've had to use it on several different occasions as I was going through my situation. So it was really challenging for me and hard for me to understand what I was in, but I got help. I got help. I would have to sneak around and do this, but I finally figured out what I had to do and At the very beginning of all of this, I had no idea I needed a safety plan. I had no idea I needed any of that stuff, but the Lord had shown me how to do it. And with the help of the domestic violence hotline and some friends of mine that came by, ooh, frog in my throat, uh, friends of mine that came by and over the phone, it was mostly over the phone, but the Lord sent people after people, men after men, friends after friends, trying to point out to me the wrongness of the entire situation not that I was wrong <clears throat> but the situation that I was in was wrong and it, and it wasn't what God would want for me that wasn't what God had designed me for to stay be created fearfully wonderfully made and then be abused until I die that that's not God's plan for anybody's life and so before I go into the statistics if you think that you're in a domestic violence situation and you're supposed to stay in that thing because you're married excuse me what's a frog is trying to mess up my throat no you're not doing it (laughs) if you think you're supposed to stay in a marriage 
because you're married and you think it's covenant, I would like to oppose to you that that's not what the Lord talks about in marriage, right? He sees uh, marriage as very sacred and it's a very precious thing. But for the wife or the husband, either, either way, to be hit on, to be beat on, to be treated poorly, that is definitely not what God would have for any of us, okay? So before anybody says, well, I'm married, I have kids, and I have pets, and I just can't leave, I will be dispelling that myth. And if I had a big staged, <clears throat> excuse me, to share that, I would scream it to the highest hilts that you do not have to stay in a situation. I stayed in my situation longer than I needed to, but it's shorter than some, but it is still too long. Uh, seven years married, three years separated, too long. That's a total of 10 years. That's too long of my life that I had to put aside trying to figure out what I needed to do and how to get out of something. And there was a start to it, but I want to help people to understand the signs early enough that you can detect that that person doesn't need to be with you. You start it even before you date so that you don't end up in a marriage stuck trying to figure out, should I stay or should I go? And the benefit of the kids, because when you get married, things get more complicated. And it's always surprising and shocking to me when women might say, well, if he put his hands on me, I would walk away. No, you don't understand the walk away because you haven't been in a situation long enough to understand the psychological ramifications and the gaslighting and the mental acrobatics that you have to deal with. You don't understand any of that. And if you don't have a place to go and you don't have anything, you can't just jump into a shelter. You can't just do that because you have other things that you are considering. So let's be 100% clear. When people speak like that, they're speaking from a place of, I will say, ignorance because you have no idea truly what you're speaking about unless you've actually been in it and you will hear thrivers and overcomers speak about their experience and you will know that that's not true because if all of us could do that, then every single one of us would have left as soon as it happened. There is a manipulation which ties into what's going on with uh, Pastor Jay and I for witchcraft in the church. There's manipulation and control within domestic violence, okay? There is a subtle different type of witchcraft that's going on in your life you just don't know. And because you're not aware of it, it's very subtle. But when you're trapped, you're stuck. You're stuck and you can't go anywhere. Physically, you can drive everywhere. But mentally, you're in a bondage and you're trapped. And the word says, who the son sets free is free indeed. Jesus already set you free. So for you to get into a relationship that puts you back in bondage, it's not good. Okay. So let's go jump over to a couple of these statistics. Then I will jump to a couple sentences in my book and I'll share with you guys what chapter and what page. So you guys, when you guys purchase the book, if you feel so inclined that you can find it for yourself and you like, okay, this is where she was reading from. So the statistic is intimate partner violence alone affects more than 12 million people every year. That's per uh, the domestic violence hotline. And I'm going to drop in the show notes, uh, they are there their link so you can definitely find it and I'm also going to put uh, in this show as well 
the hotline as a commercial break so you know who to call. And I always want you to understand, please leave when it's safe to do so. Don't jump out there and leave and you're not prepared. Preparation is key also in leaving, not just a safety plan, but a preparation. And I'm gonna go a little bit in more depth and detail of how you leave a situation. So I'm gonna be talking about it throughout my entire time. And at the end of this, I will probably put down what I have created to walk people out of situations. And it, it takes a lot, but you can do it. It's, it's not, it's not easy, but it, it's challenging, but you can do it. And I'm just talking about what you're going to have to do on your end, because it's going to have to take you really, if you're serious about leaving that situation, you're going to have to prepare like nobody's business to leave and just prepare your mind, your heart, and everything that you know that you're going to have to sacrifice and leave, even if it's your job, even if it's your friends, even if it's your family and loved ones that you want to be in that area, you're going to have to leave. So preparation to leave is very challenging because it's hard. Leaving is hard. You want to stay because you like where you're at. You enjoy your people. You enjoy your space. You enjoy your state. You might have to move geographical locations. And that's another thing that's hard. Sometimes you cannot be in that same state while you're dealing with this in order to heal and be healed from a situation geographically you sometimes you have to move and it's not just in the same state sometimes it could be a different city but sometimes you have to move out of state to a different state to get some time to heal and get your mind and get yourself anchored back into lord for real so We'll be talking about all of that because I'll be sharing about all of that. So another statistic from the domestic violence hotline is one in four women, which they say 24.3% and one in seven men, which is 13.8% aged 18 and older in the U.S. have been in the U.S. or uh, in the U.S. They have been the victim of severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. And that is a sad, very sad statistic, real, but sad. There shouldn't be so much of this going on. And it's more prevalent in women, of course. We know it happens to men and they do not speak about it often, but it does happen to them as well. And it's a little harder for them to come out because we know that women can share. It's still hard for women because of what's viewed and the stigma still around domestic violence of not speaking and putting your business out there in the street when you could have actually be killed and people say, don't talk about it. No, you want to talk about something like this. This is really deadly. Uh, so you need to speak about this. You need to stand up and share and share because other people need that message. It's not for you. It's for to help somebody else. And somebody could hear your story and be like, you know, I can get out too. And you could save someone's life. This is really a life and death thing. And for you not to share it, someone's life hangs in the balance. So the reason I share, the reason I wrote this book is because I know my life could have been taken. It was very apparent to me and it was very clear, it was very real that I could have been killed and not sitting here with you talking today. So by the grace of God that I have a voice, I'm going to use every single little ounce of my breath until the Lord calls me home to share about how wrong it is, how awful it is, and how it is not okay to stay. I'm not going to stop talking about it. And if I put in my business out in the street, as it were, then that's what I'm going to do. And this is what it is for domestic violence. I'm going to share it and I'm going to continue to share it as many platforms as given to me. I will share it often and a lot. That's one of the reasons why I 
am still uh, pushing to create the nonprofit, which is a nonprofit right now, but pushing to have that thing help veterans because veterans are affected by domestic violence as well. What they call it intimate partner violence, violence, IPV. But that affects veterans as well. And they are sometimes less likely to even tell the VA what's going on because they could lose their benefits. And the federal government is a lot different telling them and you could lose your benefits, i.e. it's happened to me and I didn't even do domestic violence. So or tell them about domestic violence. So it is challenging and it can be hard to even share with the VA. So that's why I want to be that bridge, that gap between the other nonprofits that are in the community and the VA so that there is a place of comfort, a place of safety where you can speak and not be in jeopardy of losing your benefits. I can speak to all of that because it has happened to me. I understand both sides, the, 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 the civilian side and being military veteran, understanding the ramifications if you tell, you don't know if your benefits will be taken. Okay, so it's not a safe space to talk about that you have to have a safe, it has to be a safe space. And because you're coming out of it, you have to have a place where you can be creative, where you can share, where you can just sit and vent about your stuff and not have in the back of your mind as a veteran, if your benefits are gonna be taken and how you're gonna pay your rent because they took your funds, okay? So now I'm gonna go jump over into the passage from my book, which is The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned Into My Shine by yours truly, Tanika Drake, which you guys know I'm T. Drake, podcasting Godmother of Connection. So for chapter two, we are going to jump over to the scripture. And the scripture that I, I'm going to be using is Psalm 16, one through two. And it's on page six in, in the book of chapter two. And I'm just going to read the the version I have here, I believe I use the NIV to write the scripture. And then I'm going to read the NKJV a version that I have right now for Psalm 16. So it says, a God's word, scripture, truth. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So I'm going to jump over to the NKJV and read that version. And it's still Psalm 16, one through two. And it says, preserve me, O God, for in you, I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. We have nothing without the Lord. We don't have anything. And in order to walk away from a domestic violence situation, don't think the Lord doesn't see, but in order to walk away from that, you have to put your whole trust in him. Every single being ounce of it, even through your tears, you continue to pray. You continue to stand steadfast in your faith, knowing that God is going to make a way even when it's dark. Listen, while I was in my situation, I wanted to commit suicide. I tried to take pills. I tried to do a lot of things because I was just not wanting to be in that situation. I didn't know how to get out. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have help. I wasn't talking to my family at the moment. So I was isolated. I was isolated and have friends for real that I could tell because I didn't want them to know. I was in shame, I was in guilt, and I was by myself, and I didn't really know how to maneuver. It was just me and my kids, and this person who I thought loved me, but with all the, the pain I was experiencing and the hurt and the shame and the guilt, I didn't feel any of that. And it was just a bad situation and would go through 
the cycle of violence where it's the honeymoon phase and it's lovey-dovey, kissy-kissy. Then here comes the tension buildup and then the explosion to another hit or another fight or another argument or another whatever it was for that particular day, whatever it was. And you could not time it and say, oh, well, because he was drunk. Because one thing I can say about my particular uh, situation, he was never drinking when these things would happen. He was just angry. So I can't say it was a substance abuse. I can't say it was because of alcohol. I can't say it was because of a drug. I can only say it was because of him and that's what he wanted to do. That was his choice. We have choices that we make and that was his choice. So on page seven, I will read you guys two sentences and you guys can go and check out the rest because I'm just going to pull out sentences here and there. And it says, do not associate jealousy, possessiveness and controlling behavior for love. It is not. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go back and comment on that because I'm out of the situation. When I wrote this book, uh, for those of you that may or may not know, I was married. I wrote this book while I was married and separated. I was, I had just left. California I was separated and I was not divorced so uh, this book writing it was so scary for me at the time because I hadn't left him and I had left but I hadn't done the divorce part I, I didn't do that so I was still a little bit scared and afraid to write this because I was still in it you know I was still detached so it was kind of scary. So all the things that he would do, calling and wondering where I'm at and leaving all these types of bad voice messages, threatening and all these kind of things, very disrespectful messages. I had to go through all of that and it was causing me to cry and be scared and angry and paranoid, hypervigilance, all of that I was dealing with, would try to deal with my kids and dealing with my family, which wasn't easy living with my family because my mother is not the easiest to live with and she's Jamaican. So that wasn't helpful either. And just being cramped up in a one bedroom, five of us in one bedroom and having to deal with my brother and my sister-in-law and also my cousin at the time, my grandmother had just was getting ready to move out. It was just a hard place to live in and be in at the same time with all the family members and going through your own stuff. I was snapping on everybody because I just didn't like the situ whole situation. I had to leave my privacy of my own place, my own home, my being independent for myself, doing what I wanted to do, and then having to be back under the, the roof of my mother, listening to her rules, right? And having my kids. So that was hard. It was a very hard transition. It was not easy by any stretch of the imagination. So the second sentence I wanted to share from page seven, chapter two, and the, the title of chapter two is the do nots. And the second sentence says, do not think that love is rude, nasty, mean, angry, threatening, or disrespectful. That's not it. Love is not like that. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is different. And I'll be talking about that scripture when it comes up for the next time. And I'll, I'll go back to that sentence at a different time. But love is not rude love cares love forgets all things it doesn't hold up wrongs and keep an account of them love is not that way and when you hear of love you don't hear of someone say i love you and then they hit you what kind of love is that you don't hear someone say i love you and then you're raped what kind of love is that that's not love that's control manipulation and you can't do anything about it because you're married, 
right? You don't want to leave because you are thinking that you're in covenant, but that's not a covenant marriage at all. The first time that hand has been laid on the man or the woman, covenant is broken and it wasn't covenant because you're not treating that wife or that husband as you're supposed to. You're not doing what Ephesians says. You're not doing that. You're not following what the Lord has designed for marriage and marriage is not to harm you. You don't want that. And when we think about single mothers, sometimes we we forget that single mothers kind of encompass a lot of different things. It's not just because they went out and had children and now they're a baby mama and they're just out there. The statistics probably need to really be a little bit more detailed as why these women are single mothers. I'm a single mother not because I wanted to be, but because I had to leave a situation that could have killed me. I can't be that in that situation. So I'm a single mother now. Do I enjoy being a single mother? No, it's very hard. It's a very hard, hard thing to do. And I have two kids with special needs. It's even harder. And I still have to deal with them, their well-being, and me making sure that my mental state is okay so that they're okay. So anyway, with all that being said, I just want to encourage you that whatever you're going through, especially when it comes to domestic violence, no, God understands and he knows what's going on. He's not oblivious to the situation. And you may not think that he hears you. You may not think that he knows, but he does know. And he's very much aware. And I want to encourage you not to give up, not to think that God's not there. Don't throw in the towel. Don't let it go. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. God is going to make a way. He's going to show you how to leave. He's going to give you the way. He's going to give you the wisdom and the way to move. And he will show you. So one of the things that I want to share, because I'm going to wrap up here, is having your WPS paired with your EPS. So what is your WPS? What, is, what does that mean? Write, write your written plan strategy. I should say that, but it's more write, plan, strategize. That's what it is. So you can break it down however you really want to do your written plan and strategy or write, plan, strategize. Okay. Either way, it's, it's okay with me, however you want to, to take it. Okay. So what do you have to do first when they tell you have a safety plan? That is your blueprint. That's like your your house of how to escape, essentially, okay? That's how you escape, that's how you exit, that's how you execute. Either of those E's will work. Either way, we know there's a plan of action. This is action. So all those mean action, escape, execute, uh, all of that. So that's action. We're taking action for every single thing we do and we do not want to sit around and think that we're just going to stay in this because we're not and i'm going to help some of you walk this thing out so first thing safety plan know what you need to have you need to have all of your important documents when you're getting ready to leave important documents or a must-have make sure you're planning to get all of your documents your kids immunization records your kids school records make sure you have the phone number for the school in case you need to fax things or you need to call uh anybody of the administration because you're going to need to if you need to switch your kids school you need to have all that your irs information if you file taxes anything that is important in imperative documents 
birth birth uh birth certificates of course social security numbers are going to be needed of course anything else that you have any old restraining orders that you have from a state or whatever make sure you have those in some kind of folder make sure you keep that with you even if you have to leave it in your car underneath your seat or in your trunk locked up do not leave it in your home make sure you grab up all those documents ahead of time because you want to prepare this is the preparation time okay so your safety plan prepares you to leave next you're going to have to strategize what you're going to do how you're going to do it you have to know when your spouse is going to be away, when you can leave without having to run into him or her. You have to make sure you time this correctly so that you're not involving yourself in conflict. One thing you wanna have is a clear way to leave. So you want to be paying attention as you're going throughout your life and your time if there's a trip coming up, if there's a business meeting coming out of town, or what you take that time and you maneuver through that time. So if your husband or your wife have a business trip, they're gonna be gone for maybe a week or so, you plan when you're going to leave, okay? You just act as everything is normal. And one thing I want to uh, remind everyone of as I'm sharing this method here, silence is golden. I'm gonna say that again. You speak up after you're out of the situation, but while you're going through, silence is golden. Don't share or breathe a word of it to anybody unless that person you can totally 100% trust. But other than that, keep it to yourself. Do not tell anybody anything about what you're doing, where you're going, except the people that need to know that you're coming to stay with them or whatever it is. You plan and prepare these things ahead of time, okay? Next, after you have prepared your documents, right and you find the window that's your window to leave your window to leave okay you have to plan your window to leave and that is what i just told you about figuring out what business trip if it's a person i was married to a truck driver so anytime he has a truck trip it would be my time to go because he wouldn't be back for a while so i have enough time and i don't have to worry about him just coming up so you want to make sure that there's some kind of trip or time or even if they're at work right you want to make sure that you're planning what day that you're going to leave because if it's a day you select you stick with that day you stick with that day then you make a time, okay? You make a time. And this is where whatever time you select, if you select one o'clock PM to leave or go get gas, you do that. You don't change your time. You stick to your time as if you had an appointment and you go with that time. You don't go back. You have everything already packed in your car. You have already made the preparations to call to whom you're gonna stay with. You make sure you have your money together if you need money, you make sure you have your transportation because another people, another thing people cannot leave because they don't have the correct transportation or they haven't set it up. If you don't have a vehicle, see if you can work it out for somebody to come pick you up or you got to take a bus or a plane or train, whatever it is, set up your transportation. Know what your transportation is. If you have your own personal vehicle, make sure you figure out when you're going to pack it up. If you have to do it at a certain time, it's always better if someone takes a trip so you have enough time to pack your vehicle and leave, but you do what you can with what you have at your access for time frame. So you pack up your car with everything. If you have kids, make sure that they're ready to go. Make sure you pack up as much stuff as you can because you don't want to return. You don't want to return, okay? You don't want to go back unless you absolutely have to. And I'll talk about that in a different part of uh, October when I had gone back one time, okay? So you want to make sure that you do that. And 
after all of that, you, you planned, you prepared, you've written down your plan. Okay. You wrote it down. You planned it, which is your, te- your time of window and all of that. And then you strategize how you're going to do this. All this is, is your WPS. This is your preparation before we do our e- EPS. Okay. This is your preparation. you you have your, your safety plan that you've already prepared early or you've written this stuff down. That's part of the writing part, which is a safety plan. Okay. When they tell you, you need a safety plan, you write down everything you're going to possibly need. So that's where your safety plan comes in on the W, which is you write it down. Then you have to plan everything. You got to plan your window, plan your date, plan the time, plan when you're going to leave. You got to plan that. Then you strategize how you're going to do that. Are you waiting for something? Are you going to call someone? Are you going to have someone let you know? Whatever your strategy is, you have to go with that. So that is your WPS. You write, plan, strategize. That's how you do all of that in order for you to leave. Prepare everything. If you have to go to the courthouse to get a restraining order, to have somebody there with you when you get walk out, whatever you have to do, you make that call and you do what you have to do to have that stuff done ahead of time so you're not waiting at the last minute when you want to run and you don't have this and this and you forget. So you want to do it as soon as you can, but you want to do it in a calm manner and give yourself time to prepare. Okay. Prepare to leave. So then we're going to go over to the EPS. Okay. And the E, like I said, you can choose whatever E you want, whether it's execute, escape or exit. For me, it, mine will be, my E would be the escape. Okay. And it's called the escape plan strategy. You want to have your EPS. You want to have your escape plan strategy. That's what I'm going to call mine. If you want to say you're going to have your exit plan strategy, that works too. And if you're going to have your execute plan strategy, whatever E will work, but your plan that you're going to be going with is going to come from your strategy right from your WPS, that plan that you did over in your WPS, you're going to apply that for your plan. And then the strategy that you strategize with your S or your strategize, that's going to be your strategy. So now you put that all into place. Okay. You put that all into place so that you can leave safely with good time and without conflict. You do not want to have conflict when you're trying to leave, because I will tell you something. It is very deadly when you're leaving. Okay. It is very deadly. People have lost their life trying to leave. So I want to be very clear. You have to do this when it's safe to do so. And that the person does not know you're leaving because a lot of people end up in their lives lost. Okay. These are homicides that happen. All right. So I want to be very clear. I'm not telling you to do this haphazardly and I'm warning. This is a warning. Please do not share what you're doing. Don't have an argument and say, well, I'm about to leave you. This is what I'm about. No, don't say anything. It doesn't matter if that person hurts you again, they harm you again. Okay. Keep it in your mind of when you're leaving. You have to be very serious and intentional if you're truly ready to go. People can tell you all day long that you need to leave, but until you're serious and you make that determination in your head, you're not going anywhere. Okay. And I just want to put it out there as facts, as real. I could tell you all day long, you need to leave. You deserve better. I could say all those things, but until you make up in your mind that you're going to leave, you're not leaving. Okay. And I'm not saying it to be harsh. I'm saying it's a reality because I did it. People told me I need to leave all day long. Did I leave? No, I still stay because I, in myself, in my head, it wasn't, my mind wasn't set to leave yet. I wasn't going anywhere. I was still thinking there could be 
a glimmer of hope because I would see something that would say, well, maybe it's not as bad. And then next thing I know, going back to the same situation. Okay. So this is how you leave. This is the how to leave. All right. And I'll probably be making a small little guide or presentation about this to help people to walk out. This is how you do it. This is how I did it. And this is how I'm alive today. There are things that I, I, I have done and things that I, I continue to do that I learn as I go about it. But to leave out of that thing alive today and I'm intact and my kids are intact, that's what I had to do. Okay. So I want to leave you guys with an encouraging message. Listen, it's not the end. The Lord knows and he's, he's there. You're not alone. Okay. And I'm definitely here for support. If you need to talk to me, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here and you can reach me at GGTHW, the number 18 on IG. You can reach me in my email, GGTHW, the number 18 at gmail.com. And if you want to talk to me specifically, let me know, email me and I can give you a number that you can call because I don't want you to walk this thing out. You're not alone. I want to be very clear again, you're not alone in this. I was alone because I truly didn't have anybody. But when you have someone and you're close to them, you don't have to walk this thing out by yourself. And it's not always easy to talk to your parents, your mother and your father, if you're going through it. I get it. I wouldn't talk to my family. Plus I wasn't talking to them at the time. So I don't want to talk to my family about this. Okay. So getting help from a person that might be a stranger uh, might be better. Okay. So I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I hope this wasn't too long, but I hope I I provided something of value. I will be sharing at the end of every show the how to leave and I'll go over the plan again because throughout this, people do not have a plan to leave. A a safety plan is, is the beginning. That's your blueprint, but you need someone to help you walk the entire strategy out so you know what to do because you don't know what to do. Therefore, you don't know how to leave. So people get stuck and then they, they don't know how. And then we lose people and they lose their lives. Okay. So this is serious. So I want you guys to remember that God loves you. Okay. You are truly fearfully and wonderfully made. And I can speak that. And the reason I can speak that is because I know now that I'm not trash. I know now that I don't deserve to be hurt like that. I know now that if I get with a man who says that he loves me, that he's not going to put his hands on me. The person that I will have later, if I ever get married again, I don't know that. But if I ever get married again, that man's not putting his hands on me. We're, we're not boxing. We're not fighting. He's not going to cheat on me. He's not going to do those things that would hurt me. He's not going to do those things, right? And I won't have to re- return, reciprocate and do those things to him because I don't love him. Clearly, I, I'm not showing love back, okay? So... I, I always want to be very transparent with all sides. I did my, my share dirt true because I didn't want to, but I should have left. I just didn't know how I just dealt with it, how I could at the time. Okay. doesn't make it right. I want people to know that very clear. That doesn't make it right. Okay. I was wrong in what I did. And also the ex-husband I had was wrong in what he did. Okay. So Moving on, I want you guys to have an amazing day. Please remember to be blessed, motivated, always inspired to do what God lays on your heart. And hey, 
big kiss from me to you. You guys know I love you, but the Lord loves you immensely way more. Be safe out there today. Be safe out there this week. And if you're in a domestic violence situation, know it's going to be all right. You will get out. God's going to help you. And I'm here too to help you walk this thing out. You guys have an amazing day. God bless your hearts. Take care. everyone and thank you for enjoying my mom's show god's gift through his word i hope you guys have a lovely day and i hope you guys stay tuning into my mom's show